hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening, thank you for downloading, this is exactly that. Two blokes, my name's Trevor Long and I'm from EFTM.com.au and joining me each and every week is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au and who would have thought that four years ago we gave birth to a, to a beautiful, beautiful little podcast <laughs> called Two Blokes Talking Tech and 197 episodes and here we are mate, still cracking on. Four years on, yes. Who'd have thought, Trevor? Who'd have thought? Well, I I did, mate. I, I I'm I'm committed for the long term. Well, you may get the seven year itch, but uh, that's that's a long time away. Not really worried about the itch right now. Uh, but we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. It's all about around about thirty minutes, thirty thirty five, or whatever we decide on the day of the latest tech news of the week, so you can get up to date with everything that's happening in the world of. Everyday consumer technology, not just geeky stuff. We're not talking about the crazy geeky stuff you read on some websites. We're talking about stuff that affects you, mums, dads, and grandparents of the world. Yeah, uh, two blokes. The real talk. stuff. The, the real, real deal. Real stuff for real people. Real tech for real people. That's two blokes talking tech. Let's get cracking. Episode one hundred and ninety-seven. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, recently, the NBN Co. made an announcement that uh, they had entered, uh, well, the final stages of purchasing the HFC hybrid fibre coaxial network from Telstra and Optus. Now, this is the pay TV network, if you want to put it simply, in Sydney, Melbourne, and a little bit of Brisbane. Um, it's that uh, cable that runs, I believe it's about 4.2 metres from uh, from the ground. It's the it's the low-hanging cable around our metro cities that delivers mm-hmm. pay TV to, to several um, hundred thousand homes, but passes many millions of homes. And it also delivers cable internet. And if you've got Optus cable at your home, you can get Optus uh, cable internet. And if you've got Telstra cable at your home, you can get Big Pond cable internet. I, in fact, have both of them running at my place. So I assume the deal will be that the MBN will chop one of them down because they don't need them both. And they'll end up with one network of HFC cable running through metro areas. And to put it in perspective, it's about it's more than 3 million. It could be 3.4 million homes are passed by the HFC network. Mm-hmm. That's 30% of homes. Now, to be able to get past 30% of homes with the NBN is something that's been long concerned for people when they were talking about fibre to the home because it meant digging up every single footpath. It meant digging into every single home. This means they're buying the cable out the front of your house and all you've got to do is get the cable run in from the, from the street mm. into the house and that's not a digging exercise. It runs um, right. over the air. So it's a pretty big deal in terms of getting the NBN out to, to 3 million people, mate. Well, I think making use of what's already out there is a great idea. The HFC cable, and I've got an Optus HFC, so I'm an Optus cable customer. You've got both Optus and Telstra at your place, uh, and it, it's it's existing. It's there. I'm already getting high speeds of download speeds, and, and obviously they're going to be way better when the NBN's connected at the other end. 
But um, look, I think that everyone's waiting. We're thinking, okay, the cable's here. Come on, let's hurry this along. Hopefully, mm. now there's a bit of a, a better roadmap ahead of them. So I um, spent I spent a few hours last night watching Senate estimates. Yeah. Uh, now that isn't one the of most... your hobbies, is it? Or? <laughs> it is actually. It's tragic, but yeah. it is. It's not well, the most. You lose a bet or something. You lost a bet. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh. I lost a bet with myself. Um, the yeah. the thing about Senate estimates is it's a really important thing to watch if you want to know the detail because Bill Morrow, the CEO of MBN Co, formerly CEO of Vodafone here in mm-hmm. Australia, has to sit in front of Australia's senators um, on both sides of politics and answer questions. So, so you've got Stephen Connery, who used to be the the communications minister um, under the the Labor Party NBN plans, grilling him on prices and um, costs to homes and stuff like that. And then you've got Scott Ludlam um, grilling him on where is the HFC network, what are they expanding the HFC network, and all these different questions. And look, there's some valid questions there. There are streets that don't have HFC, but they're next to HFC. They are going to fill them in. So they're going to fill a few, few spots that don't have the HFC because... You, you, why wouldn't you? You may as well just run the cable a little bit extra further. Absolutely. But the big deal is that this means they don't have to dig up every bloody street in Sydney, Melbourne. I mean, that's just a ridiculous idea when you think about it. And, mate, the, the idea here is that they've contracted it out to a company who are able to deliver speeds better than you and I are getting now. Now, I get 102, sometimes 112, but, you know, definitely 100 meg downloads. Uploads, I struggle to get more than one or two megabytes. And that's the biggest problem with cable today. The good news is NBN has done tests, or the company they've contracted have done tests on our existing style networks, and they're able to get 300 down and 46 up. Now, that's on a that's in a test lab, of course, with you know hundreds of thousands of people connected. It'll be less, but it won't be 10. It'll be 20 up, and it'll be 100 down. And that's mm. perfect for me, what, I reckon. What? One of the big issues um, that, that that we were talking about years ago, when it was an election issue, let's face it, yeah. back in, in 2010, it was uh, it was an election issue, uh, and in 2007, I should say as well, it was it was a big deal. Uh, but one of the issues was the cost of the thing and how much you know the, the bill. We're talking about tens of billions of dollars, uh, and, and the idea, the original idea, was a complete knockdown rebuild of our of the existing of the network. So fibre to every home. Fiber, fiber, fiber. Uh, I think Tony Windsor, who was the independent that, that decided the 2007 election, uh, because he put his favor, he, he no, sorry, 2010 election, when he put his uh, vote in favor of Labor, he said, You build it once, you build it with fiber. Hmm. So he, it, it's, it's that basis that, that Labor was in power in the first place. And that was a great of, idea. Great idea. Very, but it very was, noble. But how much was it going to cost? But it like, was. We're, we're, the idea, I think, of, of having, uh, you know, their idea, as I said, was like a complete revamp. Knock it mm. down, build it again. Yep. But now that, well, now the coalition's in power and they've obviously weren't going to just adopt the really expensive plan from from the Labor Party. But using these, these existing uh, infrastructure, the HFC that's already there, even some of the copper they're going to still use mm-hmm. and it will be better than what it was before. It's so, still a $27 billion plan, but let's be clear. That's capital. Better than $47 which, billion, which, isn't That's it? capital. And this, let me tell you right now, uh, Bill Morrow made a commitment last night in the Senate that this this thing would be finished by 2020. And I, I believe that because what's happening now is slow. It's only five years away. That's right. Five years. Five years and it's done. Now, yeah. that's still a lot. That's, that's actually about as long as it was meant to take originally. But here's the thing. Not much happening now, but the next 12 months is going to go gangbusters. They'll suddenly announce NBN plans via the cable. They'll suddenly have hundreds of homes on fibre to the node. It'll really ramp up quickly and you will see this thing roll out. Yeah. The, but here's the kicker. 
This Bill Morrow is a businessman. He's not a public servant. He's doing the best he can with taxpayers' dollars, and he's and he's frugal about it. But yeah. he's doing it because he wants to build an asset. This thing will be finished in 2020. I give you a gold-plated guarantee that by 2030, the thing has been sold to a huge international you know, pension fund or something for $100 billion, right? Yeah. That's well, what people are missing. Yeah, no, I think it. No, you're right, and and even Labor was saying that there was never, it was never ever in the in the uh, in the in the budget because it was an asset that's going to eventually pay itself off and yeah. earn money, uh, and and that obviously will continue as we as we move forward. But um, you know, I think the we're, we're starting now to see progress. But I think we should point out though, like you're not you're a Telstra customer, I'm an Optus customer. The NBN is going to own all of that cable, and yep. then we're going to all be NBN customers. Mm. But they, my understanding is, they'll resell them through all the different. That's right. Through the different networks. The NBN philosophy is they own the network, so they'll own the high fiber cable, uh, the hybrid fiber cable. They will own every part of the network, but then uh, companies like Telstra, Ionet, Optus are able to become retailers for the network because what that does is NBN offers wholesale plans. So yeah. you just need to look at the current wholesale plans and understand what the what the deals and value will be. We'll still be able to get 100 meg plans, but you'll also be, get, be able to get cheaper 25 meg plans and 50 meg plans and maybe even something bigger than 100. And hopefully unlimited plans, which is what I've got now with my Optus plan. So technically, I, I could become a Telstra customer then. Or yeah, absolutely. IINet customer. Correct. And that's so they're the all going to be competing for my business using the same bit of cable. That's right. And your phone will come through the HFC as well. So it's all happening yep. in NBN world. It is I I just wanted to make the point this week because I think it's a critical time where we're about to see real movement on the NBN. And for 3.4 million homes which are in metro areas, let's not kid ourselves, it's the bulk of the population, it's the bulk of the voting population, this is a big deal. Um, I've, I've written up a whole stack of stuff, including every different option for how you may or may not get the NBN in your area at eftm.com.au. Now, eBay uh, made an interesting announcement uh, yesterday. Uh, obviously, eBay being a very, very popular online shopping destination, they actually made a partnership with a physical uh, shopping center uh, mm. in the form of Woolworths, uh, which is obviously the Woolworths chain of supermarkets and the chain of BW stores. Now, what this partnership involves is the ability now for eBay customers, uh, particularly eBay buyers, so if you buy something on eBay online, you are now able to direct your delivery to your nearest Woolies or Big W store because the problem in the past has been that many eBay buyers were unable to have personal deliveries at their workplaces. Yeah. And this resulted in, in, in many of them taking days off, working from home, and trying to work around the system so they could actually be at home to receive their deliveries. So eBay, which is very uh, very diligent in sort of always taking surveys and, and getting customer feedback, were really receptive to this problem, uh, and that's what spurred them to join up with uh, to form this partnership with Woolworths. Now, smart way for eBay to, which is obviously an online property, to now sort of get some to get a union with a physical store. Mm. You think of the benefits for the customer, even for you. Got to remember, there's a lot of people who use eBay as a business. They've got yeah. online stores that, that it's their business. That's their their livelihood. Now having the the uh, ability now to to utilize this chain of stores as your delivery base now 
that's really going to encourage a lot of customers. Definitely. And and it's about 90 Woolworths stores at the moment. It'll expand, obviously. And, you know, to the point where Woolworths, Woolworths brands, there's a couple of the masters and wine market, already sell products through eBay. So, you know, eBay is a shopping platform. And I guess you need to look at this as, as Woolworths, you know, keeping their, not just their toe, but they're pretty much their whole lower leg in the water with, you know, this eBay style of uh, merchant activity. Because, yeah, you can have your own Woolworths store online, but you've got to go where the customers are. That would be like saying we're just going to build, you know, Woolworths supermarkets in, in random places and not have any in, or in a Westfield shopping centre. So not a bad idea, a very yeah. unlikely partnership, you would have to say. Well, yeah, it is. But it's a smart one when you think about it. And this is based on a similar partnership that they ran in the UK, eBay UK, they partnered up with the Argos chain of stores, and that was a massive success, apparently. So they've obviously that was their test case. They're going to bring that to Australia as well. We're, we're a very popular eBay market here as well, but uh, I think that the fairly uh, common to find Woolworth stores near you, Big W. Apparently, ninety-one percent of all Australians live within ten k's of a Woolies or Big W store. So you think about the convenience of that. If you're at work and think, okay, my parcel's just arrived at my local Woolies, I need to go there anyway to buy some stuff for dinner, and you can pick up your parcel on the way on the way there. So oh, when you're there, and what happens is you receive a code, uh, you you also get a notification. You can track the, the track the uh, delivery, and when it's the, delivered, you get a notification, and then you get a code that you show uh, with a barcode at the actual the store that you're picking up your parcel from. They'll confirm it's you, and you take your parcel home. Nice stuff. You can read about it at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, Vodafone announced on Monday um, another, not unlikely now, but another partnership, and they also announced some interesting plans. The first part of that is the partnership with Stan. Now, that's not an individual. It's not Stan from Walgut. It's Stan, <laughs> the streaming service from uh, Channel 9 and Fairfax. Now, Stan's going pretty well on the publicity stakes, I've got to say, and part of that is because they have such a huge uh, mass media market to actually market themselves. But the idea here is they haven't announced anything, right? All they've said, all Vodafone said is, we're, we've done a, we've got a relationship with Stan. But let's not kid ourselves. It's pretty obvious what's happening. Spotify, they have a relationship with uh, Fairfax through the City Morning Herald and the Age. They have a relationship with at Vodafone. And as a Vodafone customer, you you can now choose to get a certain number of months of Spotify or a certain number of months of Sydney Morning Herald. So clearly, the option will be, in the months ahead, you'll be able to choose a certain number of months of Stan subscription um, as a part of your package in your contract. Now, I would suggest that in when they make this announcement, they'll probably also offer a free trial of Stan to all Vodafone customers too. Yeah. So pretty interesting stuff, and I think a great, great idea in terms of Stan. But really, mate, the bigger news for me was the shared plans. Now... Telstra and Optus have shared data where you can get an extra SIM card for your mobile phone plan and put it in your iPad, for example. But they don't have a facility which exists in a lot of businesses that is fantastic for families. And I think this is targeting families, and it's a great idea because I can't think of many other mobile products that do target families. The idea here is that, you know, Trevor has a, a, a Vodafone plan. I pay 60 bucks a month. I get four gig of data. Amanda has a Vodafone plan. She pays 40 bucks a month. She gets two gig of data. And Jackson, when he's old enough, gets a mobile phone. We pay 20 bucks a month and he gets, you know, 200 meg of data. But all that data is added up. So there's six six 6.2 gig of data that we all get to share. So if Trevor goes under, but Jackson goes over, no one pays more. I yeah, think it's a great idea. It is very smart, and and what I like about it too is that Voda, rather than they've they've they're last in with the shared plans after Telstra and Optus, but it's not just data that you can share. 
that's what's really cool about this is that you can also share from the primary plan, which will, let's say in this, your example would be Trevor's plan. You can share the calls and texts as well, mm. uh, along with international calls and even the $5 roaming, $5 a day roaming in 47 countries from that as well. Now, the primary plans are there. The shared plans, are obviously, there's, there's plans for your phone and also if it's just data you're after for your, for your tablet as well and as well as the data roaming as well on the tablet plans. But I think great that they've thrown it out there to include all these other features that uh, the other telcos are concentrating just on data. Good to see Vodafone throwing it open. I mean, the thing is with Telstra, you know, husband and wife, if they've got no kids, can't share their data. They can't pool their data or their calls or anything, but I'm just talking about data. They can't do that, and they, they've got two bills. With this, the whole family has one bill, one payment. Uh, it's such a simple thing, and, and it exists in hundreds of businesses around the country. You know, where I work, you know, there's probably, I don't know, let's say 200 people that have company mobile phones, and there's and everyone's got a, a perceived data amount, but if you suddenly use double your data, no one pays more because the whole business would have to use double their data. There's always people that go over and under. So it's a very nice um, nice little thing. Um, as you say, it is actually a little bit complex when you look through it because, um, you know, you're, for example, if you do have the shared calls and texts is a bit silly when you consider most of the primary plans are infinite calls, right? So you're actually getting infinite calls on a $30 a month plan with Vodafone now. Um, so basically you can have, uh, at the minimum, you could have a, a $50 plan with three gig of data and infinite calls. And, you know, you, your wife could have a $30 plan and have infinite calls and another gig of data. So between you, 80 bucks, four gig of data, unlimited mm. calls, not a bad way yep. to go. Absolutely. Check it out. Lots of info there. Uh, techguide.com.au and uh, eftn.com.au. We do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. And uh, if you're looking for Wi-Fi in your home and you're worried about certain parts of your home, perhaps not getting the best Wi-Fi coverage, consider a Wi-Fi range extender. Now, their latest product from Netgear is the AC1900 Nighthawk Wi-Fi range extender. This is uh, this is bringing that Nighthawk uh, performance and reputation to the range extender. This is a dual band gigabit desktop based uh, uh, range extender. You plug it in somewhere in your home that's in range of your existing router and it multiplies that speed and that range across the rest of the home. So you can get the whole home connectivity you need for iPads, smartphones, laptops and more. Boost the range of your Wi-Fi network to every corner of your home for maximum Wi-Fi performance. Uh, its exact model number is the EX7000. It's the Nighthawk Wi-Fi range extender. You can check it out at netgear.com.au. Now, I had one of those moments this week where I kind of went, oh, I'm, I'm using something every day that I've not written about and, frankly, I hadn't heard about uh, hadn't seen reported in many places. And I think with the greatest respect to, to every, every other tech you know, commentator in the world, it's actually about demographics. The family sharing that exists in iOS is a really, really good product, which I think doesn't get the traction that it needs because not enough people, you think of your, your big tech websites in Australia, you know, they're, they're staffed by very young people, Stephen, and they don't have kids. They don't see the benefit of this. <laughs> I've got young kids. Now, obviously, Victoria and Harrison don't have devices, nor do they have purchasing power. But for the example I gave on EFTM, I did set up accounts for them. But the best example is Jackson. He got an iPod for his eighth birthday. He wants apps. Of course he does. And he wants to, you know, click the button for the in-app purchases. His account is not my iTunes account. He has his own iTunes account, but it's part of our 
family. So we've set up an, a family sharing account with iTunes, which allows each of us to have an account. And for Amanda and I, we just buy what we want. But for Jackson, when he wants something, he presses a button, he puts in his password, and then it says, you need your parents' permission. And he presses a button that says, ask. And as soon as he presses that button that says, ask, on my Mac, on my iPhone, on my iPad, a little pop-up comes up and says, Jackson wants to buy blah, blah, blah. Approve or deny. And I say, approve or I maybe hold off and I sit down with him and say, listen, you actually don't need that. And the best example of that is he wanted Real Racing 2, $6.49. So I didn't decline it. I didn't approve it. I wait till I got home and I said, mate, you realize Real Racing 2 is the older version of the one that you've already got. So you don't need it. And he went, oh, cool. No worries. And so then I hit decline and there was no problem. Opened a conversation. We had a, we, we had a chat about it, which is the best thing you can be doing about these kind of things. And now he has complete power. I just have approval, and it's yeah, fantastic. Well, you've also got the credit card too. So his account is set up with your credit card in the background because he does obviously doesn't have his own credit card yet. He, his, his account is linked to mine, which has a credit card. He doesn't have That's a right. credit card linked to his. He can't, so, he can't make a purchase without my approval, and I never need to use my iTunes password on his phone. Yeah, I do it all that, from mine. It, it's a great idea, and you know what? It, it All great ideas solve problems, and this mm. was a problem before where – you heard all those stories about a child uh, getting their parents uh, on their parents' device and, and using an app that they've downloaded, making all these in-app purchases, not realizing they're racking up hundreds of thousands yep. of dollars at the other end. So, and we've seen plenty of examples of this. Uh, Apple graciously, I think, waiving some of them and and giving refunding the money or whatever they did. But here, here is the, the the solution to that problem. Because otherwise, you'd be trying to chase chase around and ask, oh, did you buy this? What is this? Yeah. What's this charge? Uh, I've done it myself uh, years ago when my kids, they were downloading songs and apps and things like that. I'm thinking, what's, what are these charges popping up? It's taken all of that away. Yep. And, that's, and that, that's, a good, that's a good thing. It solves the problem. It's, it solves an education problem where parents didn't realize they had control before. Because you, you can put restrictions on. You can, limit yes, you, can. The, you can make the password come up again immediately. All these different things can be done. But actually, best way to do it, if you've got kids of any age now, right up to kind of early teens, because obviously an older teenager may get the, their own um, account and access and they may have a car that they put uh, you know, vouchers onto. But certainly for younger kids, to, and this is made a great educational thing, it really teaches kids about the value of a thing too. Just because it's $1.19 doesn't mean it's not worth asking the question about. So Absolutely. great little thing if you want to learn how to set up family sharing on your iOS devices. And the good thing is if you've got multiple devices already, you can just put it onto them all and it doesn't ruin all your existing apps and purchases. It just becomes part of that. And the last thing I'll say is with family sharing, Jackson has access to all the songs I've ever bought, all the movies I've ever bought, because he can just browse through them and download them because they're, they're owned by the family. Oh, he'll love that. He's had, he got enough John Farnham to right. listen to yet? Or? He, listen, when Jackson gets control of the iPod <laughs> in the car, he puts Farnham on for dad and he sings along. Right. Can I just say, in, in you know, digressing slightly, <laughs> I drove out, drove out with my son. We went out to the Charity Shield a few weeks ago mm-hmm. to watch the, mm-hmm. those mighty world champion South City Rabbitohs, by the way, <laughs> when, they were, when they played the uh, record-breaking the world champions too, That's biggest right. winning margin. But we were uh, we were listening to music, and he's he's into all this old music that I was growing up with, like eighties music, like you know, Midnight Oil, and he's listening to Chocolate Cold Chisel and The Doors. And it was really fun for him. He took control of. He had my Spotify account. We were streaming it to my my uh, stereo, my car, and it was great. Him enjoying this music. I said, "Mate, when this song was popular, I was your age." I can't. <laughs> it, it's it's really cool that 
that our kids can enjoy the music we enjoyed. And, and in, in your case, uh, Jackson, he's got no choice in the matter, of course. It's no. far nothing. Um, <laughs> good that, that, that he can enjoy your music. He's got access to your music and, and discover music that he might not have discovered. But, uh, most of the stuff that I enjoy listening to that is old is because my mum used to play it in the, in the old Ford Laser on a cassette all the time. So yeah. we listen to that music. It's why you listen to it. So actually sharing your music across the family is not a bad thing. Yeah. And you know what? Your kids don't they don't need to tell you they're downloading it, but they can access the, the good oldies as well. Anyway, Absolutely. family sharing on iOS, you can look it up at eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Telstra have announced a new prepaid smartphone, but not just any prepaid smartphone. This is the Telstra Evolution T80. Now, what's significant about this device is it's their first prepaid smartphone that works on the faster 4GX network. That's their 4G network on steroids. It's got it's got wider bandwidth, faster download speeds. It's growing. Its footprint's growing around the country. But the best part about it, it's only $129. Four-inch Android device. Got a five-megapixel camera. Uh, it, it's got four gig of internal storage. It's got a, a micro SD card slot. So great, great starter phone, entry-level phone. Or if you're just someone who just wants a phone just to make and receive calls, do the odd browse, the odd download. Uh, great way to start off, the Telstra Evolution T80. And the reason Telstra have this is because it's it's perfect for a huge portion of the population who actually don't need all these fancy-ass phones. They just need the basics, you know. They just want email, text, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it might be. Most of the phones at $129 will do that very well. Yes, they don't have as bright a screen normally. Yes, they're a bit clunkier, bigger, that is. They're, they're not the slick designs and manufacturing, but this is made by Huawei. It's a, it's a bloody good phone. So $129 yep. bucks prepaid. Um, you get you get a stuff bunch of stuff with it, um, $250 worth of credit, and 800 meg of data. But prepaid is, is a way to go if you're on that level as well. So check it Absolutely. out. Um, lots of details and a beautiful big photo at techguide.com.au. Now, I saw some cool tips on your website early. We'll get to those next. But um, quickly, I got a couple of very nice little uh, accessories this week from Toffee. Now, Toffee is yet another one of those great little Aussie companies. You know, we've talked about them before, uh, Signets, STM. There's a bunch of really good uh, young Aussie companies. Uh, Toffee's another one of those making just quality uh, iPad, iPhone accessories. The first one I saw was a thing they call the Flip Wallet. Now, it's um, the one I had was for iPhone 6 Plus. And, and imagine imagine one of those basic plastic shells that you get for the back of an iPhone, but imagine it then stuck into a leather sleeve. And this sleeve um, you know, opens like a wallet and there's space for four credit cards there or, or, or notes behind that as well. But when you flip it back onto itself, so to take a phone call, it magnetically sticks on the back. So it's not flapping around and hanging around like I see That's a lot of people. Up. Yeah, well, I've I've tried plenty of those wallet for, for your phone. Yeah, you because know, you want to try reduce one thing you got to carry around. If you have your phone yeah. and your wallet in one, that's that's one less thing you got to carry around. But the in the past, that's been a bugger trying to fold back that cover and it's flapping around your face while you're trying to make a phone call. Yeah, and the, and the six plus is a big phone, right? So it's yeah. a hard thing to do. Look, my only gripe with it, to be honest, is when you put four cards in there, it does it kind of doesn't sit flush on the phone, which is to be uh, expected. But it has a strap to to keep it tight, so it's not the opening George Costanza up on you. wallet. Then that's it the becomes Costanza a bit. 
becomes a bit Costanza, but uh, you know the old <laughs> flip back is very good and makes it very easy to use. So that's from Toffee, and so it's yep. real leather. And then the other one it was uh, I think they call it a leather corner sleeve, and you know these things they're just a they're just a piece of um, a fabric that that you just put your iPad in. There's nothing fancy about them at all. You just want to have something different to carry your iPad in if you don't have a big bulky case on it. This one is uh, again real leather on the outside, very nice quality leather, really nice quality stitching, and I know it sounds silly, but a really nice quality zip as well. Big teeth on the zips are very easy to, to open and shut. But again, on the inside, they've put effort in. So they've got this nice fabric on the inside. You know when people open up a really fancy suit and on the inside you can yep. see the lining? It's kind of like that, you know? It's Absolutely. a really important part of it. So a little no, pocket in there for your phone as they well. Make, they make good stuff, Toffee. Uh, it exudes quality. It, uh, you can tell the, the care, and I like the photos you put up on, on uh, EFTM. The, the stitching is really nicely done. The zipper, you can see that they're, they've really taken the, the care. That They look hand handcrafted. Sort of quality you see on like a Louis Vuitton bag. They've done really well. So check it out, Toffee. Uh, toffee cases, they're, they're everywhere on Facebook and Twitter and everything, and you can check out those photos at eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. Stephen Well, apps, uh, you would, would you believe apps are the reason why your smartphone may be running out of battery real quickly, mm. may you, you're losing, running out of storage, your data, your data plan is getting a hammering. It's all because of your apps, people. And uh, AVG, which is an internet security company, did an interesting report and aimed, uh, they pointed the finger at the worst culprits here. Now, it probably comes as no surprise that the prize goes to Facebook took the spot, ah. top spot globally because of the constant background notifications and refreshing and checks and people don't realise you can turn all that stuff off in the back end. It's a little bit hungry on uh, on the use well, across the device, so it's smashing your battery. It's also uh, using uh, the background notifications, so it's using up data. Uh, and uh, uh, what came in second in Australia was Instagram. But globally, Spotify was number two. Ah. Here's an interesting one here. The top three battery drainers in Australia, according to the users of this, of this report, were the Telstra app was one of them. Wow. Telstra, Weather Zone and Snapchat oh. were the worst battery drainers. That, I find that really interesting. Yeah, I'm wondering what sort of pics are taking up all that battery drain there. But uh, <laughs> Snapchat, <laughs> oh, I don't get Snapchat, so I can't even speak to how, how it would be draining your battery. But it's one of those things that's constantly running in the background because people are sending you that's snaps right. to but chat. But you've got, you've got to be pressing and holding things for, for you to see the picture. And it, it's the, it's you've got to have the screen on the whole time. And But there are some tips that they've uh, that I've included in my story there from AVG. They're... Uh, a worldwide online security company. They've offered some interesting tips there about how to improve your performance of your smartphone while running these apps. And it includes like battery saving perform- uh, tips, uh, you know, removing these other features, even, even getting rid of some apps. Like a lot of people don't realize that the apps that you haven't used are still sitting there. That's right. Trying, trying, trying to get, get your attention to they're still refreshing in the background. Sometimes you can get rid of them. So all those tips are on that story. Check them out. The story, the tips, the old whole box and dice is at techguide.com.au. Now, at the start of the show, I explained to our new new listeners, because every every week we get new listeners, and if you're a new listener, please join us on Twitter, at Trevor Long and at Stephen Finnick. The Ziggy Zaggy hashtag is the one to use, and if you don't know why, well, just ask on Twitter and we'll tell you. Um, well, I explained that we do a 30-minute show of the latest tech news every week. Well, every week, we like to give a bit of overtime, and that overtime gets dedicated to, to what we call... Um, 
you know, lovingly, Stephen's minute reviews. But let's be clear, <laughs> um, they're, they're a couple of minute <laughs> reviews. Uh, and every week we got two of them. And this week, mate, well, the first one, I actually bloody love this product. It's from Logitech. It's the Keys to Go. Yes, the Keys to Go really lives up to its name. It's a great little Bluetooth keyboard. And you think about it, this this works. This is specially designed for the iPhone and the iPad. Reason being is because it's got special shortcut keys, iOS shortcut keys uh, that are built into the device, like your home key and media control keys. Uh, it's really small. It's only 24, just over 24 centimeters wide, and it's just six millimeters thick. So really easy to put in your bag and carry around. It's not going to weigh you down. But what I like about it, it's got a full keyboard. Uh, keys are well-spaced. It's also got the mechanical feel of a keyboard. You know a normal keyboard? Yes. You feel the keys depress under your yep. fingers. You do get that mechanical feel, which is great. It's also got a skin. It's got a fabric skin all over it so that you're out and about, you know, it's, you're probably in a cafe, you could be anywhere. You spill a drink over this, you just got to wipe it off. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no space in between the keys for the, for the liquid to get into. Crumbs won't get in there. You can eat your lunch on it. It's not going to get in it. Really durable. Battery can last up to three months on a full charge and really easy to recharge to through the micro USB port on the side. I found that this, where there was no room to take out my laptop, I might have just wanted to just dash out a quick email or something like that. Usually when it's something longer, uh, rather than just a quick reply to an email, I do like to, a keyboard. And this was great because it meant that I could do it, still just have my phone in front of me and just pull out this really light keyboard and bang out that slightly longer email or finish your story for Tech Guide or something like that. Really convenient. Uh, it's priced at 120. No, sorry, 79.95. Not 100. 79.95. Available in three colours: black, red, and blue. 79.95, and it's available now. Super thin. It'd fit in one of those iPad sleeves if you were carrying your iPad around pretty nakedly in a sleeve. Perfect little thing. Great little device. Lots of photos at TechGuide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I always knew that Ben Q were a big fan of the podcast, mate. I never knew they would name a product after me. <laughs> okay, now I understand what you're saying. The Travolo <laughs> electrostatic Bluetooth speaker. Usually when you don't like a name, you say that's stupid. <laughs> and you're, obviously, you're obviously not saying this one's stupid. It's got a capital V. You, it's got a capital V. That's stupid. Capital V in the middle. That's right. Well, anyway, the Travolo electrostatic Bluetooth speaker. Now... Uh, when you first pull this out of the box, it looks like a hard drive with holes in it. It's the same shape, same size, uh, but then you quickly learn that there are a couple of electrostatic panels that swing out like Batman on either side. It's like a pair of wings that pops out of the side of this. This is a Bluetooth speaker, but what I like about it is that it can produce a big sound from it being relatively small size. Uh, and what it's got on board, it's got quad amplification, really precisely tuned speakers, and those electrostatic panels that look like wings on either side help you help radiate the music in all directions like normally a, a speaker you, it projects the music forward so you've got to sit in front of it with this new uh, Travolo electrostatic speaker from BenQ it actually can sit in the center of the room and the whole room gets an equal equal quality sound in all directions uh, it's it's really nicely designed. It's got nice uh, gold-rimmed holes in the front, catches the light nicely. Uh, it's not that big, so it doesn't take up much room. It's got a rechargeable battery that'll run for 12 hours. You can also plug in stuff physically with the cable with the audio in. 
but you can also use this to connect it to your main stereo and turn your main stereo into a Bluetooth uh, speaker system as well. Oh. So this acts like a bridge to your, you've got to say, you've got a bigger floor standing speakers system attached to that. You connect the Travolo to that with a cable with the line out. Uh, and then you can then send your music to the Travolo speaker, which then through the cable feeds it through your big speakers. So really versatile, some great little features like that. It can also be your hands-free speakerphone as well. Uh, bass was a little bit soft, I thought. It, it, it Otherwise, high and mid mid levels were really crisp. Bass could have been a bit stronger. I would have preferred to some better controls, uh, music control buttons on top. There's only like play and pause. You can't really navigate through. The, uh, the uh, companion app was a bit flaky as well, kept crashing on me. Uh, whenever I try to go to a certain part of the app, you can access all your songs through that app as well and also set some like set some modes, listening modes, which made a little bit of a difference, but not much. The uh, BenQ Travolo, $399, and my full review is, you know where, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All right, that's a wrap. Episode 197. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. We'll be back again next week for another episode, episode 198. Stephen, we should talk to you then. Yes, you will. Uh, we're getting close to that 200, Trevor. I think we've had some suggestions from readers about what we should do, listeners, I should say, about what we should do. Uh, it's just around the corner. Bring us your suggestions on Twitter, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick, and the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. We should talk next week. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long 